Hi, I'm Vicki. I'm Lynn. And I'm Bree. And we're Telling, telling on Ourselves. ourselves. Telling, 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 telling on ourselves. Telling, 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 telling on ourselves. That one got way. And Chelsea is walking like an Egyptian to our song. In the background. Walk like. So I was talking to Vicky last night. Can I say this real fast? And I worked a lot last week, so I was exceptionally loopy. And I work with these guys, the youth department, and they're so sweet. They're in their mid-20s, and they think I'm crazy most of the time. So the other day, do you all remember that SNL skit, Pump You Up? Because <laughs> you're too young. Dang it. So I was going, I am going to fuck you up. <laughs> and she meant, I want to pump you up. And, and I'm like, get it? And they're like, no, chef. And then oh. they just walked away. <laughs> they looked at you like I just looked at you. I... But Chelsea Aww. knows. <laughs> so all you old SNL. It was Martin Short and who? Um, the guy that's on Weeds, um, Kevin Nealon. Yes, Kevin Nealon. And they, yeah, they were like Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonators, and they had these big puffy suits on that looked like muscles. Oh, it was so. I funny. gotta go back and watch them. Yeah, it was like that would be the something 80s fun. Funny. To binge, the 80s were funny, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so or just I, to put on in the background. And when I don't I'm even know where stuff. the whole "fuck you up" thing came from, but they were being silly, and I'm like, I'm on a fuck. You up. <laughs> I didn't get it. Well, we're welcoming you all with getting <laughs> fucked up on this recovery podcast. Because today is a special topic that probably will fuck you up a little bit. Yeah, people pleasing Ugh. sucks. Bum, bum, bum. I'm so good at it. I'm a gold winner. Gold circle award gold winner. winner gold circle winner. For sure. But before we do that, I think we have a couple of housekeeping notes. Housekeeping. Fresh towels turned down. <laughs> Um, Mint on your pillow. Mint on your pillow. (laughs) (laughs) So we just want to take this opportunity to um, remind you guys that we are finally set up on Patreon. We have a couple different levels. If you want to donate something to the show, it all goes towards our production and our editing because we don't know how to do that ourselves. So we hire this awesome guy to do it for us. He's amazing. Um, So we have a couple different levels. Two, to be exact. The first one is our $1 holla level, which is holla. $1. And then we'll holla at you on our podcast. We'll shout your name out um, on air here. So <laughs> get that $1 donation to us. That'd, that'd be awesome. And then the other one is a $3 swag. Um, so you not only get the shout out, you also get some special behind the scenes stuff and also a little swag item which is a surprise so we will mail that to you when when you donate so if you're really curious on what that item is you should definitely donate three dollars we are getting so legit with our swag yeah it's our very swag fancy. is pretty cool We're i gonna saw have it today and i was very impressed by it well, i know it's fun we can continue to grow the swag department too which i hope because mm-hmm. i would really love a mug oh, we would be so be npr then <laughs> I have goals, you all. I have goals. Speaking of goals, we also have a goal to get you guys to engage with us more. We would love to hear your first thought wrongs, and there's many ways you can do that. You can uh, email us, or you could send a message on Instagram or Facebook, but what we'd really love is for you to be on the podcast, and you can do a Zoom call. Remember, we have a fantastic editor, TZ, so there's no pressure if you screw up or if we screw up, because trust me, we do all the time. That's the reason we need TZ, Um, but it would be really fun to actually have you engaging with us. So anybody with a first thought wrong, reach out. You can do that via email, tellingonourselves3 at gmail.com or Instagram or Facebook. Giddy up. Giddy up. And as always, any topic ideas you have, please share. 
Yes, and most importantly, it's time for the one dollar holla. We have a lovely friend who became a patron recently. Her name is Melissa. She is from Oak Park, Illinois. We love you so much. We're so glad you listen, and we miss you tons and tons. Thank you, Melissa. You are awesome. All right, so now we go to the first thought wrong portion of the episode. The FTW, and I tell you what, um, our topic could not be more apropos to my first thought wrong. (sighs) It's been a week, y'all. So, you know, I have some issues with um, saying no to work things. (laughs) Sometimes I felt like I was getting better about it, but then, you know, it's I always hear my dad saying, you got to make hay when the sun's shining. So basically it's saying um, strike while the iron is hot. You've got to, if there's an opportunity, if you say no, it may not come around again. So, And I live that my life thinking, if I say no to this, and I may never get this opportunity again. I'm getting better at it, but I have a great opportunity to do some side catering for a family. And um, it's it's been great. And it's my savings account is very happy because of it. But this week I uh, fell into the people-pleasing thing. The lady that I... Um, Uh, communicate with had texted me over the weekend and said that the mister's birthday was coming up and it was too late to get a bakery cake. Do I bake? I'm like, yeah, I bake. I'm a good baker thinking because I do. I do. I always tell people I make very tasty things. They're just not beautiful because that's not my thing. Don't want to do it. Don't want any part of it. It's too stressful. No, you're about efficiency. Yes. And and my shit. delicious. Yeah, my shit tastes good, but I'm not about all frou-frou-y. I don't do those, you know, crazy shapes and all that stuff. So she said, it's a swan cake. And I'm like, and I'm thinking in my head, you know, like those sheet pancakes where you take the snake and cut out the things and then you pipe it all white. It's like flat. Yeah. Like a flat sheet cake in the shape of a swan. Exactly. And I'm like, what is he, six? (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally. And she said, no, it's a thing. So while we're talking, I Googled it and it's a thing to make swan cakes. So I said, let me get back to you. So I went online. I looked at a couple of YouTube videos. I'm like, oh, I can do this. This is no big deal. So I told her I'd have to do it Tuesday night. I thought I was being so good with boundaries. I have to do it Tuesday night. I've got to finish my work first at my regular job with a regular paycheck. And then I've got to come over to your place. She has a farmhouse on the property. And you may have to help me a little bit. She goes, yeah, 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 no problem. So I didn't get there until 7. Uh, we didn't finish until 11. I had a 35-minute drive home, so I wasn't even thinking about bed before midnight after working and being on my feet for 16 hours that day. The cake turned out beautifully, I will say. And it's, I told a friend, I'm like, I would actually do this one again because it really was okay. But that day messed me up so bad for the week. I didn't know if I was coming or going till yesterday, which was Saturday. And that was a big lesson. And the whole reason I did it is because I wanted to show them how good I was and that I can accommodate and that I can do everything that they want and need and job security and people-pleasing. So that was like so many first thought wrongs. Yeah, that was like a first week wrong. First week wrong. But so what I learned, <laughs> the, the second thought right, yeah, yeah. was she said, so you can be our cake person now. And I said, no, now. And I said, no, no, this is a one-time deal, never again. <laughs> and she and she said, okay. And I'm like, thank you. Yes, because that is a totally different different aspect of you're good at it, but... So, and I will ask, can we put the picture up on our... our um, Show page because it. it's really pretty. Well, then I, you're gonna have to start taking orders. No, no, I would say this is what you can do, and I'll give you the YouTube video <laughs> address. <laughs> yes. Lynn's Pantry Raid Swan Cake Edition. <laughs> pantry Raid. You pantry know Raid. Do you know Alton Brown stole that during at the beginning of COVID? Stole it from oh, me, of he course. Did? Yeah, he was doing Zoom things, Pantry Raid. I'm like, mm. oh, I had that. 
I think there's another show that did Pantry Raid. I think Top Chef. I'm calling first dibs. I don't know about that. <laughs> drunken, drunken Pantry Raids with your friends. Yeah, the alcoholics invented Pantry Raids, you know? Or, yeah, or, the, stoners, or the stoners. Or the stoners. <laughs> maybe just the stoners. Or the potheads. Yeah, I didn't want to eat and wreck my buzz. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, true, true. true that. I was usually so drunk I didn't remember even think about eating sometimes or i love your story i think you told it on the podcast about the pizza like how you left it on in the oven and it went on fire or something like that yeah i used to do that all the time and i used to try to make tea at like an ungodly hour where and then all the water would evaporate out of it and so then the pot was just sitting on the stove like burning bad 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 we're just like oh this sounds like a great idea and that was you know that was getting towards the end of where i was trying to figure out if i okay if i just don't smoke after i drink then i might not get so wasted you know i was i was doing the alcoholic thing of like well maybe if i do this or taper this off and only smoke this much weed but do it before i drink you know all of those trying to get the recipe for success when it's (laughs) like that's not none of it's gonna work well what do they say in the big book the great obsession of every alcoholic is to enjoy and control their drinking slash using slash whatever it is that you are obsessively doing exactly like people pleasing which is one of my (laughs) wheelhouses Oh yeah. boy! So, th- so our episode today is getting beyond people pleasing. That's right. And um, it has been a mf and journey for me. You've had you've had lots of uh, great experiences. I'm not even going to say lessons. <laughs> you've had experiences. <laughs> but before we start, can I give you a? I found some interesting definitions. Oh, we love definitions. Um, so the basic one is emotional need to please others often at the expense of his or her own needs or desires. Right? That's what we think check, about. Check, check. So then I, 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 I did the deep dive. And it was, um, we, I was actually writing it down while we were all kind of talking before we started today. And I was having like Can lots of ticks. Can I interrupt? Yeah. Because your deep dive... I, I imagine you deep diving and going and looking at the coral and finding things and, and being a pirate, like, you know, Brie always calls the pirate yeah. group. But your deep dive is really probably your best breast time because I'm sure you're horizontal. Tell me if I'm, I'm just guessing. I'm yeah. just imagining when your deep dive is. You're horizontal. You're looking on all kinds of different cool stuff. You're finding great definitions. You're getting all geeked out about words. Is that your real deep it dive? It really is my deep dive. Okay, cool. Um, it's weird how it calms me down. Um, I, and we've talked about this. I love doing research. Um, I think I kind of miss my calling, Chelsea, and I, she's nodding at me right now. There's something very comforting and calming for me to find knowledge. Um, I really like it. So that being said, when I was writing this down this morning before we started, um, because I wanted to do a little bit of editing and not just read straight from it, but we will uh, cite it on our show notes so you can go and read the whole article. I was getting lots of triggers because it was painful for me to read it. So um, people pleasers are persons who believe they are less than most others on the planet and have the need to hide these beliefs from all when they come in contact with from all that they come in contact with they feel so low that they feel like a doormat and frequently put themselves in situations where they are treated as such a people pleaser will do anything to keep others in the dark about what is going on with them dishonesty deception and lies are the primary tools used by a people pleaser people pleaser goal is always to hide from everyone how crappy they feel about themselves uh, and I was just like, whoa. 
that was a lot. And I know that when I was uh, very active in, in my addiction, that's exactly how I felt all the time. And now, um, because of the tools that we learned in the program, and what I've learned is that I'm catching it a lot quicker, just like my lesson this week at work. Yeah, it was a hell day, but I'm never going to put myself in that position again. You know, and it, that it, unfortunately, it did take me that to learn it. But um, I was able to recognize afterwards exactly why I was doing it. I was able to be honest with myself, to out myself and say, you didn't need to do this, but you still are feeling that urge to show, it's not even show off. It's, it's me like um, earning their respect, which I already have. Well stated. Yeah. I really brought it down, didn't I? <laughs> but what we're talking about today is getting beyond that. And that's why I think it was, that's why I felt so strongly about talking about that dark place where we've been and where we are now, because it is getting beyond people pleasing. Well, and here's here's the good news and the bad news. Um, <laughs> the good news is, is that you learn a lot of things as you go. And, and there are a lot of really good tools. And especially in the rooms, uh, there's a lot of people that deal with this and learn how to get past it. And I think the steps, if you take them, uh, really can heal a lot of those feelings. However, the bad news is it doesn't stop. You have to continue to do the work on it because, well, it didn't hasn't stopped for me. But it's gotten better, kind of what you ended with, where I've learned to see it when I'm doing it more. So I think that, you know, I came from a family of four. I was the oldest of four kids. And when you have, I was I was six when my siblings were born, twins were born, and then a year later, the youngest was born. And I had no way of getting attention. I mean... How can you pay attention to a six or an eight year old or when when you have diapers, three and diapers at once, there is no attention to you. You are get out of the way, you know, because it's just how it is. Like yeah, if you can't change a diaper or give them a bottle, then move. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so my way of getting attention was simply that to people please. And I learned it and it was a survival skill to get love and 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 my parents loved me. I mean, don't get me wrong. They and to this day my mom thanks me for all that I helped her with and all that stuff, but it certainly trained me to be that way. And I do think that um just being I don't know if it's being an alcoholic or being, you know, um an adult child of an alcoholic or being in life in this crazy world that we live in, um, my feelings of less than were were big. And, and I don't know. It's a combination of everything, right? And that's something that the continuous struggle. It's funny because in the big book they talk about how um, there are people that are grandiose, alcoholics that are very grandiose in their ego, and they think the whole world should revolve around them. And then there are alcoholics that are very, and this is humans, I, I, but I'm speaking from my frame of reference from my disease. So, so then there are people that think that they're so much less than, and they think about them, they obsessively, with people pleasers, I feel like this is what, where I'm going with that, obsessively think less of themselves, and that's just as egotistical. That is just as much ego, because I'm constantly thinking, how bad, and, and I don't constantly think this. I'm, I'm talking more of my disease. I was constantly thinking how much I sucked and nobody loved me and everything was, you know, 
whatever. So if I didn't people please anyone and if I did what I wanted to do, then I was, well, I always had, and I don't know if this was a growing up in the 80s slash 90s thing, but I always thought I would be stuck up. I didn't want people to think I was stuck up. Did they say stuck up when you were growing up? Okay. Well, I didn't want to be that. So I tried to be the complete opposite of it. So it was, was it was me. just something in my head that I was never going to be stuck up. I couldn't stand stuck up people, and you know, <laughs> oh god, the the you know the games we play and the and the 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 ways we go into this and and how deep it is and and so so of course people pleasing is just in my it's it's just a, a thread in the tapestry of who I am. I feel like a, a big thread, like it's one of the main colors. <laughs> it's a very very for me a very deep wagon wheel rut. And same different circumstances, but the same thing. Um, I didn't feel like I had a purpose or that I mattered unless I could really do exactly what I thought someone wanted me to do. Um, and that's that's carried over to relationships that I'm still working on. And I, but I, again, I catch myself now. And when I'm feeling like that, or I'm getting angsty or resentful, and resent resentment is what happens to me now. It's like I do all these things, and then I don't get what I thought the reaction I thought I was going to get. Immediately go to resentment. Absolutely, I can think of plenty of examples when I was using where I would do things for my friends simply, and then later on want to, because I was a people pleaser, and then later on need something from them and then to not have that need filled by them. And it's just devastating, you know? Like, it probably made my alcoholism that much worse, you know? Because then, like you said, Vicki, you equate it with love, right? Like, if, mm-hmm. you know, the people pleasing, how you get, is going to be how you get attention or how you get love. I think since getting sober, for me... I still work on the people pleasing. It's for me. It's gotten a lot better. I don't think I do it very often. But one thing I do, how do I explain this? So for me, people pleasing is just to not disappoint someone else as well. So it's not necessarily doing something for your approval. It's like holding back something I want to do because I don't want to disappoint you. So then I never live my full life making decisions for myself because I'm worried that the decisions I make are gonna, you know, piss you off or hurt you. And I think back to just like this is kind of a silly example, but it's one that's off the top of my head. You know, I always wanted to dye my hair. And I, I couldn't because my mom and grandma would have been so disappointed and they reminded me all the time how disappointed they would be if I ever changed my hair. To this day, I still will not do anything to my hair, different, fun, kooky, whatever, because I have that need to please them in the back of my mind. Like, I do not want to disappoint them. Mm. So it's not even doing, for me, now it's working on how do I get past what other people are going to think of me to do what my heart desires and that's where I struggle with people pleasing is not doing stuff for other people because I can't say no, but not doing something for myself because I'm worried what someone how someone will perceive me. Ooh, 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 I have something and it's totally not people pleasy ish. It's more about well, kind of. It's about dye, hair dye. And <laughs> it's kind of funny because when I Yep, total tangent, but when I was living in Puerto Rico with my ex husband, we were engaged. And I decided I wanted to dye my hair blonde. And I went blonde. And OMG, I got so much more attention. It, I, I, unreal as a brunette and a blonde how much more attention I got. I think you should bring back the blonde then, Vic. I, I would love to see you as a blondie. I don't know. Do I, I have Keith? lots of pictures. But 
here's what I will tell you. When I came home from my shower, all of my family members, and I'm not saying all of my family members, are you going to get married with that hair? And I said, yeah. And they said, well, why wouldn't you get married with your real hair color? You're so beautiful as a brunette. And I said... I like my blonde hair. And that was probably, because that was way before recovery. I wasn't even in therapy back then. So that was my first, like, people self-pleasing thing that I did. And I got married with blonde hair, and I still think I looked beautiful. Good for you. Yeah. Can I'd like to add, Bree's hair is what everyone strives for. She has the most gorgeous blonde hair. It's got all these different layers and depth. I mean, and while she was talking, I was just staring at it and like, people pay so much money, but I get it. I get you. There's no reason but why I you can't. I just want to look like Christina Aguilera from the late 90s when she had the red highlights in her hair and she's so pretty with her belly shirt and her hip huggers. Do it for your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and have a, a the, my bridesmaid dress can also be belly shirt with if hip huggers. Um, I, I would disappoint so many people, <laughs> and I cannot do that, Lynn. People pleasing. Okay, so this brings up a whole point of the wedding, too, yeah. right? Like me wanting think, think to then. people please and do what everybody else wants. Um, I'm having a hard time trying to make a decision between having a destination wedding, which is what I've always wanted and kind of dreamed of um, since being a little girl, um, and having a wedding here so that everybody's family can come, all, you know, everybody's friends can make it. And it's the difference between having a wedding of like 40 or 50 people and having like a wedding of like 200 people. So it's just, I, I, we haven't made a decision yet. Everybody asks me, when are you guys going to get married? What's the date? What's the date? Are you guys, nope. Haven't haven't been able to decide yet because Thank I thank God for COVID. Yeah, no, right? You I don't can, have to make decisions. Well, well even if it wasn't COVID, but anyways, continue. No, but that's it. that's it. You know, I'm I'm not worried about. I'm worried about disappointing people. So that's you know, the the people pleasing for me. Yeah, but the other side also of 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 disappointment is the resentment. You know what I mean? That other side of the coin where. You know, once you 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 stop listening to yourself, then 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 projecting that blame onto others, and so that and I loved how Lynn said, you know, that's like the first red flag. That's mm-hmm. the canary in the coal mine. That uh oh, <laughs> we might be we might need to look at this a little bit deeper, so we make sure that we don't go down that that rabbit hole. Good, I, I good. will say though, I I will give you a little bit of slack on the wedding thing because there are a lot of opinions and there is a place and a space. Though I just did my blonde hair, there were a lot of things that I did. In a, I think this is I think weddings specifically are very difficult for the people pleasing uh, discussion. Yeah, it needs to be like its own category. Yeah. And yeah. you and basically all the tools that we have learned, you can kind of pick through and go, okay, is this going to be peace for your the rest of your life with your in laws? You know, there's so much. That's what I was just because they're say. not going to be as evolved like or have the same tools that we do. Right. So that's so, I keep getting reminded, like, yeah, this is going to be your your mother in law and your sister in law for the rest of your life. Exactly. Well, make decide wisely. But that doesn't. And come, it's just a day. It's just a day. I feel like that's almost the people pleasing Olympics, and we need to practice <laughs> at the nationals first, so we can get there and really, you know, right, do it with the best of them. <laughs> um, when you you guys were talking about. Um, making that turn and starting to do things for yourself. Um, This example that I used with a friend yesterday, she's um, buying a new house and left a long-term relationship. And I had done the same thing several years ago. And I, one of the first things that like was my light bulb of not getting past people pleasing, I was buying a duvet cover and I realized that I didn't have to please anyone but myself. That was so 
monumental and I had such joy. And I'm like, okay, this is not being selfish. This is not being self-centered or self-absorbed. This is taking care of me and making me happy. And it was just such a a huge um, shift in my thinking. And maybe that's what we're doing, what we learn to do, I'm asking. Well, I do. I mean, look at my house. It is it has eight different colors in one room. I, I don't care. People think it's insane. I remember when there, there was a gentleman that I know that helped me with my floors, and he walked in and he said, who chose these colors? He did. <laughs> yes. He's a contractor, though, so he's just like, but, wow, you'll yeah. never sell this shit. Right, well, and, and, and when I was thinking about selling uh, earlier this year, that's the first thing I have to do is cover up the paint if I want to move, but I don't want to move, so hopefully I won't have to, but... The, the idea is is I don't have to worry about what, what's going to happen next week. And I think part of the, the idea of, of stopping people-pleasing is being two things for me, being who I am and discovering and having fun with who I am because this wasn't born in my head before it happened, right? This kind of evolved. So I bought this house and I had green, bright green walls and I did not like them. And my daughters said, I love them. They're so cool. Cool, excuse me. Um, so we kept them. And then I started to, because I really do like bright colors and, and bright, bright stuff. And so I finally decided, well, how about we do the kitchen this color? And how about we do a purple wall? And how about we do an orange wall and a teal and all this fun stuff? So, um, but it was, my point is, is it was an adventure in pleasing myself instead of the, the rut or the, um, the trudge or the whatever I used to do all the time of people pleasing and worrying about what my house looks like on the outside. I have a Leonardo in my house as a decoration, and it's not going anywhere. I mean, it is a full size teenage the, mutant. Ninja yeah, the turtle. Ninja Turtle, yeah. not the not, not the, the painter. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. Like the you saying full size Leonardo made you sound like. Very really, posh. Yeah, the very point posh. is, I'm not posh. It's a, it's a legitimate plastic five, four foot Ninja Turtle. And yeah. his, his back comes off, and you can store things there. He's it's awesome. Really fucking cool. Yeah, and I'll put I'll put a picture of there on on too. We'll say hi to Leonardo for everybody in the Sweet audience. But the Leo. the point is, is that I get to do things, and and that was for Pax and you know for my son's gift. But now I just love it because it's so funny and so fun, and we just get so much joy out of it. And and that is the thing is I've discovered that when I please myself, I have more joy. So I'm able to bring joy to my kids because that's where I focus now. My box isn't as big as it used to be where I was trying to people please everybody. And I think that is the cycle that. So part of so I'm going to back up a little bit in my drinking. Part of my people pleasing was also manipulative, so that I could get what I wanted, right? So I could the dishonesty. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, but but it carried over in sobriety. So, and then I discovered, oh well, this isn't all about drinking. This is also about getting love or getting attention or getting accolades at work or you know, there's so many layers to this topic that I don't even know where to there like my mind is bouncing off of the wall with all kinds of ideas and the thing that I can tell you is finding my own joy and finding that joy of discovering what I do like and what I don't like without the worry of what everybody's going to think has been probably the best gift that I've gotten from recovery absolutely yeah and very well said thank you Vicki I was taking notes yeah I think I think I love 
the two things. One, with the people pleasing, just what you're outwardly doing, whether it's, you know, decorating your house with different colors and, 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 and being able to be true to yourself so that you can really, you know, be true with others and that the honesty, the level of honesty. I also liked what Bree said that, um, you know, it's not just about what you are doing, but maybe what you're not doing and, and, and being honest with that. The one thing that really being a, you know, a, like a, a platinum level people pleaser myself, um, I, I always know an indicator to me where I'm at is my thought bubbles versus my, oh, my thought clouds versus my word bubbles and how different those things are. When I have a, when I have a thought cloud above my head, you know, and it's got a lot of exclamation points and expletives. And then I've got this word bubble that <laughs> it has all these really sweet things in it. I realize there's a huge disparity and I'm not being honest. Right. I'm not being honest with myself or with other people. And, and that's the importance, I think, in people pleasing is, you know, bringing the higher power in to, to really have a little bit of... Uh, humility. Humility mm-hmm. and, and honesty with yourself and having those two shapes maybe not look as drastically different as they might. Um, And I think what I was saying earlier, too, about um, just getting better about seeing the red flags, whether it's a resentment, anger. Um, When I'm dishonest now, I feel really bad, like, immediately. And it can be, like, a little white lie to just whatever, you know, like, not wanting to do something instead of just saying I don't want to do it, like making up some elaborate excuse, things like that, that I pretty much have stopped doing because I trust the people in my life now enough to know that they're going to respect me enough and they love me enough to say if I can't do it today. It has nothing to do with about with them. And the other big thing that I've learned is when, like the other night when we were doing the cake and there was like a lot of anxiety and a lot of high emotions, I kept telling myself, my mantra was, this isn't about me. I just have to take care of me. That What's going on over there with that other person, it's not about me. I just have to take care of me. And I tell myself that over. When I feel myself wanting, it's like a, it's almost like a magnet when I feel like someone's energy is off and I want to help them. I have to keep saying, if they want my help, they'll ask me. And who am I to presume that I know what's best for them? So uh, that's kind of where I've gotten with the the um, getting beyond it. And it's all, it's a daily by minute practice a lot of times. Well, and I think kind of when, when I was hearing Chelsea talk, I was thinking about this whole idea of playing small and, and this, you know, tendency to not be my own true self. And, and what a disservice I do to everybody else when I do that, because I make them uncomfortable because I'm uncomfortable, even though I'm trying to please them. And then it goes back to that thing, and we talked about it many, many podcasts ago, but that creating what I think they want without really knowing and asking what they really do want. So it's based on the pretense of just my silly little brain and my silly little thoughts that are just so simplistic. But when I am just, the other part of it is when I am just myself, you have the ability to be just yourself and we can create and it's just so much more pure, I guess. I I don't know Mm -hmm. how to word it, but it's really just... Oh, so much easier, so much less exhausting, and I'm better when I show up that way. I just wanted to agree that it's so much less exhausting. Like, when you said that, it hit me because when I am in people-pleasing, like, to the max, I end up, like you, Lynn, like, tired, like, exhausted at the end of the week, and you don't know where all of your time went, and you spent it doing things or um, complying with things that you don't that don't resonate with you. Um, and that's a good way to look back on your life and think like, wow, did I 
what was I actually doing for myself and what did I spend just doing for other people, which not to say that helping others isn't important and isn't a part of our recovery. Um, but I think for me, one of the biggest gifts that I've gotten from this program is being able to say no to things that I just don't want to do. Um, and not feeling bad about it and also not saying it in a way that's going to make somebody else feel bad. Cause I think what I used to do is, um, say yes to everything. And then finally, you know, it it would build up, build up. And then when I finally did say no, it was nasty. Yeah. It wasn't nice. It was, was. well, I don't want to do that because you never do anything for me and I don't want to go there with you. And last time I went somewhere with you, you know, I felt like you didn't pay attention to me anyways, you know, just as an example, you know, I can think of so many friendships that I, you know, I did that in, unfortunately. Um, and so I, it's nice now that I get to say, oh, you know what? I, I don't have any plans Saturday, but I really just I really just need that that night to myself. Um, but or, thank you for inviting me. So I don't have to lie and make up an excuse of something I'm going to do on Saturday yes. night. I just say, I actually didn't have anything planned, and I was really looking forward to not having anything planned. So I'm really sorry. I can't make it. And something that us three have gotten really good at is that even if we do have plans and someone isn't feeling it, we can say to each other, I'm, I'm tired, I'm going to stay home without that guilt of people pleasing mm-hmm. because we all give each other the permission. Now, if it happened every single time, it would become a problem. We couldn't coexist with the podcast. But <laughs> when it happens, it's okay. Grace. Mm-hmm. It is grace. Yeah. And I think the first time I that really um, hit me, like the big asteroid from the... <laughs> from space and it was it was about a year and a half maybe even two years ago Vicky you and I had planned to do dinner with one other person and I was excited about it and it had been kind of a rough week and I had a lot going on and I was at work and I'm like what can I tell her what can I tell her and I'm like it's Vicky I can tell her the truth and I called her and I said look I am tired and I just I don't think I can do it today and she was like okay and I, and I remember hanging up the phone and going is that how it works <laughs> Well, another Vicky story. Vicky was the one who taught me about the hall pass. She goes, if you ever just need to pass on something, you get a hall pass. You don't have to explain. You just let me know, you know, can't do it for whatever reason. And it's okay. And it's, they're unlimited hall passes. And they're unlimited. Just so you know. You know you have been our sensei. Well, because I, I need a lot of them myself. Because we all know when I'm going through stuff, I hide like a, I had like a little turtle in her shell. Well, and it's great we get to practice this stuff with each other. And we do, I think sometimes it's like uh, really, um, again, it, it's like it tricks you a little bit because we were so accepting in our recovery group. And then we have, we don't think we can use the same tactics on uh, like family or friends that aren't in recovery or work. Um, it's a little bit harder because the, maybe those people don't understand as much. Um, they're not as willing to give grace. You know, they don't have a program, but you know, that's why we re- lean on each other and say, Hey, I, you know, I, help me, what do I say? Or, you know, help me to stay strong in my decision to not engage with this person or to not go to this thing, you know, help me out with it because it is a lot harder to to practice this in, in groups outside of recovery. And again, you know, we can't say enough about our community and our fellowship and how it's, it's, none of this would work if we didn't have all the pieces, you know, fit together. And not everybody has the same, um, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Life experience. Well, not even life experience because not everyone's in recovery, but everyone experiences this. So they don't always have the built in um, net language to correct. Yeah. All of that. And, and I think one of the most important things you can do if you're in that situation is to find your community of people that are like-minded that you, that you trust and that you can be authentic with and that, you know, they love you unconditionally. And, and maybe part of it is th- the sad part of recovery in the beginning is you do have to shed some people that aren't good for you. And sometimes that is something in life that I think as a people pleaser was really t- difficult for me. But I think that you find the right folks. And and the fact of the matter is I remember Lisa, your sister, coming. Hi, Lisa. Um, <laughs> to our like our our party when we first had the podcast and she's like everybody was just they could leave when they wanted to leave it wasn't awkward it wasn't weird and you know there's something about that when you do it you give people permission to do it too and that's the whole basis of recovery when you're taking care of yourself and people are watching you do you and take care of you it gives them permission to do it too and and there's a really good quote that I found there's a couple of them I want to end with this one but this one um kind of reminds me of what we're talking about you have to be brave with your life so others can be brave with theirs and that's by Catherine Center but you know it gives people permission to to be brave to be to self-please in every sense of the word. <laughs> Words. <laughs> well, and I just, to, to, that was so serious what you said, because and it's so, so true. Like, I really want to ingrain that, what you just said, Vicki, but I just can't help thinking, you know how we all feel when you're at a party and you're really tired and you, you know, you came a little bit early and then you see somebody leave and you're just like, oh, good for them. Like, how, what did they say? Like, do I have, like, what was their excuse? Are they just like leaving? Like, how did they get to do that? You're like so envious of them. And it's like, now we have the tools, like we can do that now. Like we can be like, well, hey, thanks for having me. This was so great. I look, you know, I'll see you later. And then you can just go. Yeah. And nobody gets offended. That's the funny thing. Cause they're so busy worrying about everybody else. Like the host is just busy. So the host usually never cares unless they need you for support. Right. Usually they'll tell you. But it's still like I still admire the shit out of people who are on their like game with situations like that where they're just living their truth. And I guarantee you they've had years and years of therapy yeah. to learn that shit. <laughs> it's okay, Stacy. You can leave the party early. We're going to practice. You get there 10 minutes later, you're gone. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Well, and, and that's another thing that maybe it kind of just brought to mind how I used to do the Irish getaway. Is that what they call it? Yes. When I was drinking and I just wanted to get the flock out and and nobody would, I wouldn't say goodbye and people would get mad because I was wasted yeah. and it was downtown Chicago and I left by myself without saying a word and they were scared. Oh, I was, so there's yeah, a difference. I know. I was the queen of like, I got to go right now and I would just leave and they're like, what? what? What was that? Well, I wouldn't even <laughs> say I got to go right now. I would, I would literally, I would just walk out. I would just say, you know, I wouldn't say anything. I would like, just stumble my way. Skulking out the back door. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Would you read that quote? I think, are we close to why? I'm sorry, I'm being yeah. presumptuous. You want me to read that le- that Marianne Williamson quote yes, please. that I love so much? And this is... Um, I love her, by the way. It's Sometimes people think it's somebody else. They, they mark it down as Nelson Mandela, but it's really Marianne Williamson. So um, it's called... 
Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us. It is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Marianne Williamson. I love that so much. And that's the antithesis of what I was describing of a people pleaser in the beginning. And I love how we were able to shed all that because we are all children of God and we all have our own special light. There's nothing to be ashamed of or to hide your light. Well, it, it always makes me think of the candle. Yeah. The candle doesn't get less bright from lighting another candle Mm -hmm. you know we don't we don't shine less if other people shine we just all shine more and and it's so I'm doing this forgiveness work self-forgiveness and there's a Hawaiian practice and it's called and I'm sure I'm going to butcher it up it's a hopopono or hope I don't know how to say it okay but it's beautiful and it's about being um in this place of forgiveness of ourselves and others. And I think we have to kind of go through that. And I encourage you to, to look at it because it's about how we all deserve forgiveness and we all deserve love and we all deserve thanks for who we are and our even our bad experiences help ourselves but could also help another. And I think that's where recovery has just absolutely saved me. Absolutely. it's Put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Mm-hmm. All right, so golden nugget time? Yeah. <laughs> I know, we're all like, whoo, that was a lot. I know, I took like three pages. It was powerful. Okay, I'll go first. Please. So my golden nugget was about, you know, people pleasing is really um, kind of in a way dishonest, sometimes, you know, and can be. And when you're, when you're more honest with yourself and you do what pleases yourself, that authenticity, um, it makes it easier for that authenticity of who you are to shine through so you're then naturally more honest with others that well that's the goal right um so just how you know actually getting away from people pleasing makes you more honest of a person i like it mine was the thought thought cloud and the word bubbles versus Mm -hmm. the word bubbles and you know there there goes Chelsea dropping some intelligence on us again. She's, so She's our intelligence officer, but you know <laughs> she just can put the words in so perfectly because I I just never think about the difference between that. And then then my other thing was not doing things. I didn't I I, I really haven't thought of people pleasing as like not doing things because I don't want to disappoint people. It's always been because I want to please them. But that 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 other thank you for that Brie flipping the script on me. That's awesome. Um, I have quite a few, too. Um, When I please myself first, it's putting the oxygen mask on yourself, I'm able to take care of the people that are important in my life. And I'm still learning that. I'm still learning how to take care of myself first so that I can give all that God wants me to give to the rest of the world. And I'm going to get choked up just thinking about it because it's it's such a powerful thing for me. And then the other one was spending time doing things that don't resonate with you. Brie, that was so brilliant. Um, I'm going to stop doing that. 
It's like when you when you take a whole week, like you said, doing all these things that you think you're supposed to, and then you're just exhausted and drained. Thank you. You don't deserve that. Chelsea. Oh. So <laughs> many. So many. My goodness. Um <clears throat> I, I loved the just the the metaphors, the imagery that you guys had. Um, Vicky talking about the the thread in the tapestry of your personality and and Lynn talking about the deep wagon wagon wheel ruts. <laughs> but I loved the also the the the, the point that you know, with, with alcoholics and people pleasing, some of some of us were very grandiose with our ego. And there were others that were just the opposite, not wanting to be stuck up with people pleasers. But to me, they, they were just basically two sides of the same coin, uh, you know, different ends of the spectrum. But the, 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 the commonality was that the higher power wasn't even in that equation. And your focus was always still on yourself. Ego. Even if you were putting it on someone else, you were projecting yourself onto someone else. So I think I think that that importance of bringing the higher power in and man, I love this topic. Like I feel like we need a sequel or this, this could be like a, no, a monthly you. thing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this one was exhausting. It was. It was awesome. Thank well, just you. to make you happy, Chelsea, we'll do it. You know, <laughs> if it's gonna please you. Yeah, if that makes you feel better, I'm all in. Even though it's gonna. You kill guys, we my have to do soul. it because Chelsea will be disappointed I'm, if we don't. I'm using my voice. I said no, thank you. If you didn't notice. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> or I'll just step out. Uh, uh, I'll leave early. <laughs> I do have two shameless plugs uh, for. Yes. my business. Yes, please. So exciting. I, on November 7th, we will be starting another Walk Through the Four Agreements course, and it's going to be four weeks plus a bonus fifth week, and we're going to have some time in between, so I will post all this stuff on all the places, so if anyone wants to do it, it is a workshop, it is on Zoom, it is awesome, the, the content is great, and I just... I love it. And then, dun, 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 I am having a, um, for any woman that's in outside sales, uh, B2B, business to business, I used to do that by trade for many years. I'm actually coming out with a book, and it's called A Woman's Path to Joyful Selling. So it kind of actually integrates a lot of this stuff of how to have a really successful kick-ass career and a really joyful life. And it's through all this work that I've done that it was real hard for me to do that. And I, for a long time in my work, I was miserable and I made everybody life, everybody's life around me miserable because I was working so hard and I wasn't present in my life. But then I figured out a way through a lot of this work to bring actually make good money and be a happy person and fun to be around. So there's hope out there for all you people pleasers or hard workers <laughs> or whatever you are. But women in sales, keep an eye out for my book. It's coming out. I can't believe I freaking wrote a book. You I mean, wrote a book. It's pretty crazy. It's an EPUB. It's not in print yet, but we'll, you know, just more to come with that. Awesome. And listen, listen, everybody, if you've never done four agreements, you need to. Yes. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're already at a spot where I think it's time. It's um, Well, we were talking one time, I'm like, don't take anything personally. Don't take anything personally. It's like, I can't even tell you how many times I use it in my daily life. It's an awesome next step in your spiritual seekingness, you know. Um, absolutely spiritual, but I think it's even just uh, peace of mind, like learning how to have a more serene, calm life. 
Yeah, there's some, it's like, aha, oh, I can do these things and then have more serenity. Aha, really. So if you listen, listen, (laughs) take the course. If you haven't done it, you need to do it. It's a fun time. And sign your friends up too. If they're driving you nuts, they can, you know, (laughs) give it as a gift. Seriously. Yep. Oh, what a great idea. It really would be. Like, shut the front door, Bree. That was brilliant. Yeah. So are you in marketing? Shed some light. Yeah. <laughs> shed some enlightenment on your friends and family as well. Yeah. It's good for everybody. There's no coincidence that this is happening before the holidays either. I, I did plan that a little bit so we can all have a little more serenity during this brand new first time pandemic holiday season. How the heck are we going to do it? Especially those that have big families. We'll be holding your hands. I'll be holding your hands. This is going to be, we're, we're in for a trip. I was going to say, learning how to set boundaries in this hot mess of a holiday season when you're not supposed to, and things I was reading on the news, shouldn't have this morning, about how the uptick, basically there's only two states in the 50 that are doing things right, right now. Are we one of them? No. Oh, whoopsie. (laughs) Yeah, and we're not. We're in Illinois, um, by the way, BTW. BTW. <laughs> so wait, we I thought you were going to say BTK. I'm like, whoa, merging of true crime and <laughs> serenity. That's what we are, people. Well, we have decided, um, we did a, a fun little thing with our guests, and we decided, why don't we just do this with all of us, because we're all fun people that have uh, weird brains. And uh, so we're going to do the rapid fire questions today. I get to ask Vicky. Yay. So are we ready? Is there anything else? I'm sorry. I kind of nope. just uh, I lassoed that in. Okay, good. All right. So the first one is what day of the week? Oh, Lord, I can't read her writing. And I thought I could. What day of the week did you go to your first meeting? Saturday. Huh. What is your sobriety date? Uh, May 25th, 2010. 2010. That's right. You had your... She's 10 years old. Mm-hmm. She's in double digits. Best gift of the program? Uh, learning how to be me. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what's your favorite curse word? Fuck. And what's your favorite food? Oh, boy. That's hard. Mexican. Anything Mexican. Excellent. So, everybody, thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed it and got as much out of it as I did today. Because this was, I definitely was opening up my third eye. Yeah. <laughs> we love all y'all. Tribe out. Tribe out. out. Thank you so much for listening to Telling on Ourselves. You can please rate, review, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or any of your podcast platforms. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook or Instagram at Telling on Ourselves.